Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Malou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. Refuse um, to, to, to accept this gift, this rare gift from the Boston Celtics. Uh, the Raptors lose by a score of 97 to 93. It um, was not an offensive masterclass by any means um, by either team. Um, at least on the Celtics side, you can understand it. They are missing... Uh, Jason Tatum, who they rested on the second half of back-to-back, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, all the same deal. And not that he's a big player for the Celtics typically, but uh, no Peyton Pritchard either, which is uh, a break for the Raptors considering how often we've seen him cook uh, Toronto. And so um, you you have that gift on top of the fact that you have the Celtics who are typically very, very good from three, and they got a lot of good looks from three tonight. And they shot 11 of 38 from three. And on top of that, not just that, I mean, look, that alone is like an incredible gift, right? You're talking about three starters who aren't in the game for you. You're talking about um, them just really like, like in Toronto, I'd, I'd, I'd be thrilled with 11 of 38. In fact, if the Raptors shot 11 of 38, they would have won this game. Uh, but like in addition to a really good three-point shooting team missing so many threes, the Celtics also missed eight free throws. There were 10 of 18 from the foul line. And they had uh, 15 turnovers as well for a team that, you know, honestly, I'm not even sure why they turned it over so much. There were so many moments of sloppiness from the Celtics who started the likes of Sam Hauser, Mike Muscala. um, And yet the Raptors just could not capitalize. And, and look, (sighs) I don't know what to say. I, I I really don't know what to say. I mean, this is. Let's let's start with let's start with the problems and circle back to the positives. The positives is is short. It's it's Pascal was positive, um, but the negatives um, there were a lot of those. I I think for me, um, first and foremost, the second unit just provided so little. It, it was shocking to see guys come in. I mean, Gary Trent Jr. comes off. Um, of injury and in a game where the Raptors needed him to score um, because the starting group wasn't scoring well either. um, You know, they got the Raptors got virtually no guard play whatsoever in this game. Fred going two of 14 from the field. Um, Gary going 0 for 5. Will Barton going 0 for 2. Those are your three guards in the rotation. And your guards are healthy. Like, your three, I, I can't believe in the modern NBA, three guards can combine for seven points, having played between the three of them um, 67 minutes. In 67 minutes, they your three guards in the modern NBA where guards are scoring all over the place gave you seven combined points. It's it's mind-boggling. It really is mind-boggling. Um, but yeah, in a game where you needed some scoring, the bench was not there for you. In a game where you needed some scoring, Fred goes one for 12 from three. And you could say, well, okay, there's like three heaves in there at the end of shot clocks and whatever. Fine, take those out. One for nine from three is still horrendous. And some of those are wide open looks. Like you can't get more open than some of these looks. There was a chance for Fred um, with a wide open look off a kickout from Pascal in a five point game with a minute left. Fred hits that three, and you're now in a two point game. In under a minute. Like, you have lots of opportunities to do something in that scenario. Instead, Fred misses the wide-open three. The Celtics get the long rebound. They break the other way. And Precious ends up being just a half-step late 
um, in, 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 in the closeout, uh, in the, in the chase down attempt and, uh, and Jalen Brown's able to get in for a layup. So instead of it being a two point game and you getting to set your defense and guard the Celtics and maybe steal it at the end and feel good about this one. Instead, you get a situation where the Celtics are basically going to win the game. Seven points with under a minute left. You are not going to win the game. And yet the Raptors got a bit of a miracle. I, would, I mean, it's not a miracle. I mean, they didn't, even, they didn't even do anything with the miracle. I feel like I'm besmirching the word miracle. I'm sorry to miracles. They, they get a bit of a break um, where, uh, you know, Precious gets in for a putback to make it a five-point game. Then the Celtics turn it over, OG with a steal. Uh, and then they go the other way, Precious with an and one in transition, and all of a sudden it's a two-point game with 10 seconds left. And look, obviously, you're still not in a great position considering the Celtics have possession, they have good free-throw shooters, but hey, listen, the Celtics are missing some foul shots today, right? Unfortunately, the Raptors could not guard the inbound well. Um, Brogdon is able to cut to the basketball. He's the one guy you definitely don't want to see with the ball in that position. Uh, to be honest, I would have preferred a lot of other guys in that spot, but okay, he gets the ball. The Raptors tie him up. They eventually concede the foul. Brogdon goes to the foul line, makes both. It's a it's a four-point game. But the Raptors have two timeouts. You know, you get a quick action. You can get something off. And the Raptors spend so much time trying to do some, like, strange stuff in the mid-range where it doesn't go anywhere. And honestly, the Celtics were just like, okay, go ahead. We'll cut you off from going to the rim. But we are, under no circumstances, that worried about you guys just wiggling your way in the mid-range. And eventually the play ends with Fred launching a three just to beat the clock. I mean, what what would have mattered? He wouldn't have made it, and it wouldn't have made a difference in a four-point game. That goes down as the last miss. Not enough scoring from your bench group. Not enough scoring from Fred in particular. And, you know, to be honest, like, you, you can go across the board. Like, I, I thought OG was phenomenal on defense, right? He gave Jalen Brown a, a, a very difficult time. Jalen Brown goes 12 of 29 from the field for 25 points with four turnovers against five assists. That's amazing. And he only got to the foul line twice, and he missed both of those. Like, that's as good of defense as you can really play against a guy. And especially with OG, in this matchup with Tatum resting, you had that latitude to sort of play him against Jalen Brown. And yeah, Brown got him a couple times, no doubt. I mean, Brown is a deadly offensive player, but OG did a really good job guarding him. OG had four steals and three blocks. But I think on the offensive end, that's where, you know, you're also seeing, unfortunately, you know, a lot of the positive progress that he was making in the last like two, three weeks here where he's been hyper efficient. I thought first and foremost, he wasn't able to knock down the threes. He got some very wide open looks as well. Two of eight from him is is tough. Um, But I think also what's been noticeable recently is OG has been able to drive into the paint and make sound decisions, whether that's off of his drives, pulling out from the mid range, right? When the, when the, when the teams are really overplaying the drive Um, or when he gets to the basket showing either the patience when it's needed or the quickness and power when it's needed. And I thought tonight OG got blocked several times going to the basket, had got stripped a couple of times as well, uh, but also couldn't get the three to drop. So you didn't have any secondary scoring from him. I thought with Scotty, you know, he was able to, you know, push his way into the game and he was able to knock in a couple of threes here as well. Two or five from three for Scotty is great. Um, you know, had some unfortunate turnovers, made some mistakes on the defensive end, but Scotty was the closest thing the Raptors had to a second option in this game. And yeah, I mean, with the way the, the Celtics were guarding the Raptors, they were smart, right? They're going to cut off, you know, the Raptors guards and, and make the Raptors forwards or centers do something. And, 
Precious, I thought, gave you great energy off the bench. Um, 20 minutes, 16 points, 9 uh, rebounds. Uh, made a 3 at one point, which was important. I think that 3 actually tied it for the Raptors in the fourth quarter. Briefly, before the Celtics came right back down and Malcolm, uh, and, and Malcolm Brogdon just pulled up for 3 right in their face. Uh, Brogdon, by the way, had a game-high 29 points. He was awesome. Uh, just an absolute killer. Um Man, he was like the only player playing well for the Celtics offensively, and, and somehow the Raptors lost it. Uh, but yeah, Precious gave you a three. You know, Precious was going hard to the basket. Um, you know, pretty good stuff from Precious. And even and Jakob in the starting group, where, I mean, I'm a little confused as to why Jakob only played 23 minutes. You might say, well, Precious played well in 20 minutes. Well, I mean, why don't you just play both of them at the same time then? Because I felt like Jakob was actually, especially when the Raptors got the ball to him, he was in good spots. You know, the Raptors were able to play pick and roll with him. He was able to seal his man a lot of the times. He was able to pop free a lot of the times. He was able to score efficiently, be a nuisance around the basket, 10.7 rebounds, three offensive, two assists, a steal, plus 10 in 23 minutes. Why did he only play 23 minutes? And, you know, honestly, like, that's another thing for me that that it was just confusing out of this game. Like, the rotations just were strange. I, I'm not typically somebody that, like, complains that much about the lineups. But I, I think that when you saw the Raptors come out, in the first quarter, the Raptors offensively actually got out to a decent rhythm. Like, this, it, it, neither team could really score in the first three minutes, but the Raptors starter after that point got into a good spot. They're able to f- the, the feed the mismatches. They're able to get the ball to Yak. They're able to move the ball around. Scotty had a nice little push there as well. Starting group was in a decent flow. And then the second unit came in, and the Raptors offensively in that second quarter just fell so, so low. 16 points for the, the group. In the second quarter, and I'm not really sure why Nick stuck with the bench group for the first six minutes. Now, actually, that actually started in the first quarter as well, because not like the starters play the entire first quarter, but they did play a lot of the first quarter. But they stuck with the bench group for a long time in the second quarter. Um, Six minutes for that group is way too long unless they're actually doing good things. And keep in mind that the Raptors were playing a shorthanded Celtics team. Like, you know, the Celtics bringing guys off the bench, they were actually able to keep their bench rotation mostly intact because they were able to put Sam Hauser in the starting group and Mike Muscala in the starting group for the likes of Jason Tatum and Al Horford, which is, I mean, unbelievable, first and foremost. Um, that That's a big changeup. But that actually kept their bench group strong. So the Celtics bench, even though the Celtics had a lot of guys missing, were still able to play their usual bench rotation. It's still Blake Griffin, still Grant Williams, it's still Malcolm Brogdon. Those are the, primarily the three guys coming on that bench. And even though uh, Blake and, and, and Grant didn't really do much in terms of the scoring, they only had like four points total, um, I thought their physicality around the basket was huge, and they really did give a lot of problems to the Raptors' second unit in terms of them trying to execute. But it was like OG and Scotty leading that bench group, but neither of them could really create enough advantages consistently. Scotty was the guy who had a better job at that. Um, but nobody in that bench group was really doing much. And the Raptors are actually quite lucky because the Celtics were missing a lot of threes in that stretch too to begin the second quarter where, okay, the bench group has bought you minutes. First and foremost, the bench just needs to buy you some minutes, Okay. More than anything else, um, we can we can talk about extending or, or winning leads after that point, but you know, pretty much they just need to like, um, you know, hold serve. If they can hold serve for three minutes, they've done their job, and they did that for the first three minutes. But then Nick continued to roll with that group, and while the Raptors continued to stay cold, the Celtics started hitting some threes, and it it, it you know it, it was one of those images where you saw the Raptors you know starters like waiting at the bench. There was no stoppages in play. Of course, there is, you know, this mechanism to stop the play called the timeout. But um, 
okay, they don't call the timeout, and the Celtics go on that run. Malcolm Brogdon in particular gets really in a groove there. And they go up by, uh, I think, 10, 12, 12 points before the Raptors finally call that timeout to stop the play. Brogdon with the big three to push them in that direction. And, and during that time, you know, the Raptors cycled through their, their their bench guards. Gary Trent came into the game, got some very open looks from three, wasn't able to knock them down, got some typical looks from mid-range, wasn't able to knock those down, was just incredibly rusty, had no impact on the defensive end whatsoever. Just an absolute zero. Like, it, it, this is really close to just, like, absolutely nothing across the board. And then Will Barton, even though he didn't make shots either, I thought he was able to at least set up a couple of plays here and there. But ultimately, him coming in the game, also a zero. In fact, a painful moment in the fourth quarter where the Raptors were able to get a stop off the Celtics missing a wide-open three. And Barton was able to break the other way for a layup. He gets to the rim with the finger roll, and he smokes the finger roll. Like, I, 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 Sometimes you can say, like, okay, last game it was a, it was a Hornets, and okay, yeah, he got to the 20 points and whatever. But, like, I don't care who it is. If you're there for a finger roll and you're open, like, how do you – you just don't see a lot of point-blank finger rolls rolling off the rim, like, in in, 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 in any level of basketball, but especially in, in, in the highest level. So you got no scoring from your bench group. I, I mean, I, I wasn't really sure what Nick was doing with Christian Coloco in that group as well. I mean, Coloco made – a couple of good contests, but it really just allowed the Celtics to really camp in the lane. Unlike the other two Raptors centers that that saw time at the five, um, you know, Precious was able to use his activity and, and impact the, the glass and 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 uh, you know just just do stuff right. Like he was cutting, his activity was strong. This is one of Precious's better games, especially of late. Um, Yak was doing a great job sealing, being cerebral, making plays, with little touch floaters, hooks, and little high low passes, all that kind of stuff. When you put Coloco in the game for six minutes against the Celtics in this specific matchup, all you are doing is begging the Celtics to just completely ignore him and just camp out in the lane, especially when the Raptors in that second quarter didn't make a single three-pointer and they only had two threes made in the entire first half. You are just begging for the team to sort of just completely lock in the paint. I just don't know what you would really expect. Like, yes, Coloco had one good shot uh, contest, maybe even two, but like, that cannot be worth it for six minutes of play, especially while it kills you on the offensive end. Um, so I, I wasn't really sure what he was doing with that. You know, in the second half, the the Raptors starters start to um, eat into the game. I mean, the Celtics got hot a little bit. They took the lead uh, and, and they um, expanded it to about 15, 16 points. That's when Pascal went on a personal eight, nothing run um, to force the Celtics into a timeout. Um, you know, Pascal with a tough, layup uh in traffic then pascal with a mid-range shot then pascal gets fouled on in a post up then pascal uh leaks ahead for a layup uh, and that forces the celtics to a timeout that to cut the lead i think down to seven and then coming out of that timeout it's pretty disappointing because the raptors are just like you know obviously trying to amp up the pressure on defense and um scotty after chasing Jalen brown cutting up uh lifting up for the ball um Scotty gets on the outside of him in terms of on the wrong side of the three-point line, and Brown's like, okay, I guess I'll just cut back door for a wide-open dunk. So that was unfortunate to see the Raptors give up a dunk after they had that stretch, but Pascal can, can, remains like focused in that stretch. He gets fouled while he's in the bonus, just trying to make a regular move, goes to the foul line, makes both. Then Pascal with the steal, runs ahead, gets fouled to prevent the layup, makes both. Then Pascal in the post, draws the second defender, kick out opposite wing to Scotty Barnes. He knocks down the three. And at that point, it was like, okay, the Raptors are really there. We're within one possession. Can we do something? 
No, because the next possession, the Raptors can't get the offense, can't get the defensive rebound after the Celtics mercifully missed a wide open three. Um, despite Fred having inside position against his man, um, you know, I think Grant Williams or one of the two Williams guys like um, was able to out jump Fred uh, and, and, and secure the offensive rebound. And the play eventually cycled back to Brogdon for three at the top. That really put a pin in Toronto's momentum. Meanwhile, the Raptors come back. Fred misses a three. Um, you know, that doesn't drop. Brogdon comes back down, drives in for a short bank shot where she, and, and knocks it down. So the lead's back to seven. And the Raptors run pick and roll to end the first uh, to end of, uh, the third quarter. Fred gives it to Christian Coloco, who takes his eye off the ball, loses the ball, and all of a sudden the Raptors are, are down seven. Instead of the fact that, you know, Pascal is able to make that push and maybe you can take it over the edge here and the Celtics aren't really doing much. You have that golden opportunity, but you don't take it, and all of a sudden, you're now back in the same spot. And look, the Raptors in the fourth quarter, you know, more mistakes, right? And I thought that was a stretch where OG was featured a lot on offense. Um, and, I, I, you know, even though OG played well on defense, I thought one of the more egregious mistakes of the night was Grant Williams just stuck in the corner just with the ball against OG. And I'm like, okay, this is good. Then Grant Williams just, like, he doesn't even do a shot fake. He just, like, sweeps the ball up. As if he's doing a rip through, OG jumps on it for some reason, and Grant Williams drives through him for a layup. It's like, man, that's your best defender against Grant Williams in the corner. Anyway, whatever. That's I can't, I'm not going to harp on OG for one mistake. I'm just saying it was deflating in that moment. Um, and then OG drives, gets blocked from behind um, by a second defender. Again, OG got uh, uh, he he really struggled to score. You know, both at at the three, but also at the basket today, and it's it's been rare because OG's been on a really really good rhythm, but. 12 points on 16 shots is, is quite below his uh, high standard recently. Um, there's also a play where OG tried to cut to the basket. Scotty tried to feed him. They misconnected on the play. I don't know if it was a bad pass or a bad cut or bad timing, whatever it was, good defense, but result is empty possession. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. The Raptors are just kind of there. They're just kind of there. They're kind of there. They eventually tie it, um, but the Celtics come right back. And uh, yeah, I mean, <sighs> So I know it's the second half of back-to-back. I understand, like, all the other factors that go into it. I understand the Celtics, you know, um, you know, obviously even with their reserves, they can still play good defense. Like I said on the show today, I don't trust the Raptors in this matchup against the Celtics. So even though, you know, Alex is reading out all the injuries for tonight's game as we're previewing it, I still pick the Celtics. And um, the, look, the Raptors made it close, no doubt. But, like, I, I think that the overall takeaway is just this game reminded me almost in, in a in a, in a – not a severe way, but in terms of the pattern and the rhythm of the game, very similar to when the Raptors lost to Milwaukee on national television. Now, of course, they didn't have the 230 start from the field. That That is historic. They're just never going to see that again. Like, I honestly think I can watch a thousand NBA games and I'll never see a team start 230 from the field again. Um, but it, same kind of pattern. The Raptors caught enough breaks and again i'm not even saying that their defense was that good i refuse to give that credit to them because again you can go back and watch the celtics 38 three-point attempts guys were wide open guys are what the raptors were very lucky they weren't blown out from this group like for a team as good at shooting the three as the celtics we're seeing sam hauser who we know is a dead-eye three-point shooter go one of eight from three Jalen brown an all-star a breakout player one of nine from three grant williams the only thing he does good is is uh three-point shooting oh a three from three like you're, and, of course, you're not even having Tatum and Al Horford out there who are obviously, you know, great three-point shooters. And then, of course, Marcus Smart against the Raptors is also a great three-point shooter. Like, forget all that. Like, 
you got all those breaks, you got all those missed free throws, you you got all those injuries, and the Raptors just couldn't do it enough. Like, and I think their energy wasn't great, to be honest, either. Like, I would have liked to see the Raptors impose their will on the game. I mean, look, you're not going to win on the road against anybody unless you really take it to them, right? Like, you got to come out sharp. You got to you got to really take advantage early on. The bench group, I thought, just Nick wrote it too long, and also to be honest, like. It, it, that's also part of why this is a bad mismatch. I just think that the Celtics are, across the board have so many high IQ players, guys who are cerebral, guys who will make a play from a losing position. The number of times the Celtics tonight were, you know, um, on the outside position for an offense for a rebound or like, you know, they were a step behind for a loose ball, but every single time they would win it, right? And, and they would make those plays or, you know, when they're, you know, um, guarding in the in, in the paint obviously when robert williams is there he's able to block a shot he only blocked one shot today but you know what the rest of the team does they also scrap they compete they show a crowd you know you know what's a good sign of basketball iq with this group so many guys in this team got blocked sam hauser got a block on og mike muscala got a block robert williams Derek white got a block uh, also on og by the way blake griffin got a block grant williams got two blocks like it's really great defensive awareness by a lot of their guys to sort of do to execute on that front but ultimately like this was the game for the Raptors to take. Like, if they had any chance of getting up to nine, they needed to take one of two from the Celtics. And this was the one to get. Because now the Celtics have a day off in Boston. They can get other other guys back in. To be honest, they could even shuffle guys out. Like, yeah, well, if they really wanted to and just rested Jalen Brown the next game, if I mean, I don't see why they would because um, Jalen had already rested the previous game against Philly, and, and, and that cost them there. But you know what? They can easily... Um, you know, swap him out and put Tatum in this group or, you know, take out Robert Williams and put in Al Horford. Like, they're just going to be fine. And Marcus Market came in and give Derek White a break if he wants to or give Malcolm Brogdon a break if he wants to. It doesn't really matter. Honestly, take both of those guys out, put Peyton Pritchard in. Like, they're probably still going to give a much better effort just based on all their shot making in general. Meanwhile, Toronto, like, I mean, I suppose that you could say it's a make or miss league. Fred obviously is not a one for 12 three-point shooter or, you know, Gary obviously is not an 0 for 5 field goal. Just, man, wow, 0 for 5, man. Um, you know, OG could shoot better. Like, But, like, we also know that, yes, the Raptors aren't going to shoot 18% from three again, but, like, this is a team that's really suspect from three-point shooting, and especially on the road against a team like the Celtics. Like, you got to have a lot of confidence. You got to play with a ton of energy. And, yes, you can get to the basket against them, and you can try to impose your will inside and. I think Pascal played his role as well as you could really expect him to, and he played well, and there's none of this loss was on Pascal. Uh, but who's going to join him? And more importantly, are they, is the team around him going to be able to make enough plays? And today, they just... I mean, again, like, the Celtics are begging for you to take this game. Outside of Malcolm Brogdon, like, which who on the Celtics was even playing well? And, and you just couldn't take it. So, I mean... I, I would say I'm surprised, but at the same time, I literally predicted the Raptors would lose this game. So I don't know why I'm upset. I, I, I guess maybe I'm still expecting too much out of the group. But uh, yeah, um, just to wrap up, your, your three stars from tonight's performance. Um, Pascal Siakam, 28 points, 10, uh, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. Uh, I, I love that stretch that he, he went on in the uh, third quarter there to really push the team ahead with his scoring, with his kick out for the three. I mean... He essentially created, I don't mean essentially, he directly created, um, how many points is that? It's like 12 straight points for the Raptors with his scoring, and then also a three for Scotty. So that's 15 straight points that he created for the offense. Um, you know, I, I mean, yeah, it was great. Though my only regret is he didn't play more in the second quarter when Nick played the bench for like six minutes 
where it was like, okay, the wheels are coming off, but at least the Celtics are missing. And then eventually it was like, oh, the Celtics are missing and the wheels are still not on. Like, I, and, and listen, this is not like, I'm just like on a, just all out to, to, to critique Nick Nurse. I'm just, and obviously it's way easier to do this when you're like looking at this in hindsight. But even in the moment, you're looking at it, it's like, sure, results is one thing, but process-wise, does it make sense to play the bench group against Boston? Really? Right? Does it make sense to play the bench group for six straight minutes? Like, yes, overall, you want to cut down on the minutes, but you just needed to come into Boston, quote, to go one for two. This was the game to extend your starters' minutes. Meanwhile, the Raptors end up having to extend their starters' minutes anyway, because guess what? Now that you're in a double-digit deficit, now you got to overplay your starters in the second half. But ultimately, when you look at the end of this game, Pascal only plays 35 minutes. Why? He could have played more than 35 minutes, especially in that second quarter when the Raptors are breaking off the bench for six minutes. Get him in the game. Enough of this, like, oh, they're at the sideline, they're at the table, there's no break, how can I get him in the game? I don't know, that's why they literally invented timeouts, but okay. Yaka playing 23 minutes? I mean, I get it, like, Precious played well, but, like, Yak only 23 minutes? What was the point of trading for this guy at the trade deadline if you're only going to play him 23 minutes? And also, out of all the starters like obviously Fred's always going to play no matter how badly he's shooting. And honestly, even how badly he's shooting, he's still better than Gary Tran and Will Barton tonight. But obviously that's a super low bar, but like when other guys are struggling, they still get their minutes. Jakob Perl, he wasn't even struggling. He got 23 minutes. I just, I just don't understand the decision-making that went into this one. Uh, But I guess it is what it is. I mean, you can't call the Raptors mid all season and then see them get a mid result. And, uh, um, you know, I guess be upset about it. I, I don't know what I expect. Um, anyway, uh, Pascal's your first star, 28 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. Your second star is going to go to Scotty, 18 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, a block. Um, I liked his energy. I liked how hard he went to the basket. I mean, there's even a player where he took Robert Williams to the rim and scored on him. Um, just kind of like, I don't even know if he did a ball fake, but he just kind of drove and went under him and finished for with a layup. Not many guys drive at Robert Williams and score, so... I, I love the energy. I love the bounce back from Scotty. It was it was a good result. Um, to be honest, I think for him, it's just like a couple more, a little bit better focus with the passing. There are a couple of passes that didn't need to be made. Um, and also, you know, um, cutting off of the drives. I just think that it's been a trend for a lot of the season, but the balance, the careful balance between like pressuring a ton at the top while also being able to contain and cut off the drive. It's not exclusively a Scotty problem, but you do notice a lot with Scotty because of how often he's asked to match up with featured guys on the other end. So you needed to see a better defensive effort. But ultimately, like I, I thought Scotty was definitely the Raptors, you know, second best player behind Pascal. And then, yeah, your third star, I'll give it to Precious. I mean, to, it, it could have been Yak. Yeah, I, I don't really see why it couldn't have been. Again, he was plus 10 in 23 minutes. So why did he only play 23 minutes? But yeah, I mean, Precious uh, shot a lot of great energy, knocked down a three, uh, missed the next one that was wide open too. And he had OG on, 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 on the next pass in the corner, but ultimately like you can't ask for more than this from precious 16 and nine good energy around the basket um your Gerald Henderson award winner I mean that's obviously gonna go to Malcolm Brogdon 29 points five rebounds three assists he was just so tough man so so tough the Raptors did a better job of cutting off his drives as the game went on um of course it did help that the Celtics were just not hitting anything from three so the Raptors were really packing the paint but uh yeah you're gonna have to really get a handle and I, again like man the Celtics bench guards like Man, Derek White, I'm just so envious watching like the options they have because they're resting three. If the Raptors rested three starters, the Raptors would score. I mean, I would say 93 points, but 
they scored 93 points today. So what am I going to say? Like 73 points? Like, but if the Raptors rest the three starters, like they're like, for example, their number one option is Tatum. So take Pascal out of the group. Right. And then Al Horford is, is their best. Um, well, they're, they're smartest two way big. Let's take out Yaka Proto from the group. And then they also rested Marcus Smart, who is their, you know, leader. Let's just say we take Fred out of the group. Can the Raptors win a game without Pascal, Jakob, and Fred? Uh, well, the Celtics definitely can, right? And again, you look at their bench options. Derek White is just, I mean, it wasn't even the greatest Derek White game, but he still played really well. Played tons of great plays on both ends of the floor. 17 points. And then, of course, Brogdon coming off the bench for 29 in 34 minutes is just awesome. Just awesome. Again, I, I have to tell you this. The Raptors' three guards tonight combined for seven points in 67 minutes played. So... I mean, it's it's a great luxury. What can I say? I'm, I'm very jealous. But, uh, yeah, the Raptors get to play this again on on Friday. Um, I would say it's a must win, but honestly, I don't even know how much of a difference it'll make. Uh, Atlanta has uh, beaten Washington, uh, as you would expect them to, because Washington's tanking. But Atlanta won again tonight. So, finally, Atlanta is actually more than one game above 500 or within 500. They're now two games over 500. At the end here, they hold a tiebreaker. The Raptors need to win both, and Atlanta we need to lose both for the Raptors to actually overtake them, I believe, at the end of the season here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be great if the Raptors can win the next one against Boston. I, I wouldn't really bet on it. The game at the end of the season against uh, Milwaukee on the weekend, most likely Milwaukee will rest all their guys, so you got to figure the Raptors can take that one. But uh, I don't know. I think it's pretty locked in that the Raptors are going to play the 9-10 matchup with Chicago. Uh, with Toronto hosting the playing game, needing to win two to get into the playoffs. But honestly, like the way I'm watching this, like I don't want to see a matchup against Boston. If the Raptors are actually in somehow by a miracle to in the seven eight position, um, honestly, you win that game, you're you're matching them against Boston. Boston is guaranteed to be number two right now. So I mean, look, it's not like the Raptors are going to do that much better against Milwaukee. That one's also very likely going to be um, no more than a five game series, but. I'd honestly rather take my chance with Milwaukee than Boston. It's just the Raptors have not matched up well with this team at all, all season. The Celtics have beaten us twice now with, without Jason Tatum. So, okay. That does it for the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. And, uh, yeah, I'll be back to recap the game Friday.